Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey and I have a special guest here today, Emily Nettinga. She has come to talk to us about art appraisal and the world of being an entrepreneur in the Midwest. <laughs> Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Corey. Originally um, from South Dakota, always lived in South Dakota, super small town where I'm from, like 700 people no stoplights or anything. Um, I went to school for uh, fine arts, got a fine arts degree. I've done a couple things since then, some art galleries and framing, things like that. But uh, currently just started a brand new business in October for art appraisal. And yeah, super brand new and also do visual arts things on the side and uh, work at a music store and doing a mural there as well. So a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> like many people trying to make it in the art world, just <laughs> just doing a little bit of everything all over the place. Would definitely love to hear more about the art you're working on and all of that a little later on. But first, can you maybe explain to our listeners exactly what art appraisal is and what it is that you do? All right. So appraisal itself, giving value, estimating value on personal property. So specifically, I do personal property appraisals. Most people think of it as real estate or commercial, big land and things like that, agricultural. I specifically am doing what I call the unique or cool stuff. Um, <laughs> so art, just collectibles, musical instruments, things like that. And it's giving giving value to someone's personal property, usually for a specific reason, like insurance uh, for their homeowner's policies, things like that, estate sales, where you go and give value to things so they can have the auction. Yeah. So the process would be just going to, I'm going to be what I, what I call, quote, traveling appraiser. So going to the person's house or to the location, the business, the gallery, things like that, and inspecting. So um, just getting my little toolkit out and inspecting the property, looking over, learning as much about it as I can, taking a lot of great photographs of it, and then leaving the property with the, the client and then going back and doing all the research and creating the large appraisal report for them. So yeah, it's just essentially I get to go and meet really interesting people, get to um, see their collections, their their cool stuff that they have, and then do the research on it and write reports for them that have to be up to a certain, that have to be following standards, usually for the IRS and legal reasons. And then I get to hand over the report and 
they use it for their their legal or financial reasons. Do you uh, hope to ever end up on like Antiques Roadshow or any <laughs> any of those type type of uh, like appraisal based shows? Well, the very first paragraph in my textbook when I first started school for appraisal said this was not Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> um, so no, but I mean, I would think it would be great, and I would be flattered if I was asked to just participate in something like that and um, experience that. But um, I don't have plans to be part of Antiques Roadshow, but I have watched it. And there's a lot of great appraisers that are actually part of it and have for a long time. Right now, I'm just kind of getting the ball rolling um, here in, in the Midwest. So what got you interested in going into art appraisal? I I wanted... First and foremost, I wanted to do something in an art career that was, I don't know, pushing the boundaries farther than creating my own art. I I do that. I will always continue to do that. But I wanted to, I wanted to branch out. I wanted to do something with art history, actually, back when I first started school. And that hasn't exactly panned out. Doesn't mean it won't in the future. But I wanted to do something where I'm where I'm researching and learning about art as much as I can. Um, so my appraisals won't always be about art, but when, when it is. So lifelong learning, always just taking every opportunity to learn something new um, on each assignment, each job, each appraisal. It'll always be new. It'll always be different. It'll be a different artist, a different medium. So the the chance to learn something new all the time is a big reason. And I mean, I'd, I've been asked that question a couple times by other professors, like, as I graduated and I just part of it is showing people that they can do something outside like in the art community and they can do something more with it than just trying to be an artist which is awesome so not discounting people that are artists because I also call myself an artist but I just want to always be learning and never stay the same and um, just continue to gather knowledge and be an art nerd essentially it's kind of what I call it so yeah I mean it seems like a really interesting path to go down and to kind of I don't know just explore art in a new way like it honestly is something I never even really thought about like it's a it's a art career and art job that I kind of forgot is a potential path and I could see how it would be really valuable to have like an art history background in something like that and how that's a way to kind of scratch that itch and also a way to make money being an artist. <laughs> so what has the process of starting an art appraisal business looked like for you so far up to this point? I would say the process, actually, I've loved the, the education part of it. If I could go to school forever, that'd be cool. <laughs> but the education part, taking the courses, uh, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. That's been a blast. Still in school, currently in fine art appraisal course right now. And I would say the, the starting a business for me, maybe I've missed a few things um, that other people have done, but just starting a small one person solo business hasn't been too bad. Um, just getting the your tax license, like everybody has to do sales tax license with the state and getting that going. I, the most work I've had to do now is getting getting to know people and getting the word out and just kind of building relationships and everything with, with art galleries, with 
insurance agents, it's a really wide spectrum of people. It's not just one community. So it's definitely the art community, but it's business leaders too. So it's people that you wouldn't expect, lawyers and insurance agents and people like that. So it's kind of exciting just meeting very different people that I have never spent time in the same community with um, on a regular basis. Yeah, a lot of it is schooling right now. A lot of it is just completely learning a different way uh, to look at art and business side of it. So, wow, I uh, should have learned a lot more math when I was uh, back in undergrad and everything. Um, so just learning parts of it that I didn't expect, you know, art appraisal. I was very excited about it. Started. There's actually a business side. There's math formulas. There's there's thing. There's a lot of different things about it. So, yeah, it's it's been a really exciting journey, and it's only been about a year and a half that I've started. What has been your favorite part of this journey thus far? Favorite part? Well, I'm not going to repeat too much, but I would, I would say it's it's super nerdy, but this this the schooling part I've really loved, but favorite part for sure every year there's it's called Assets, so it's a conference for appraisers. I'm part of it, the International Society of Appraisers. That's where I get my education. That's a not-for-profit organization, huge organization that educates its own appraisers. So you can start you know, from nothing and just get your education through them online or in person. They have a couple different places in the United States where you can go and take your courses. And wish I could do that, but at this time I've just do my stuff online. But once a year they do different locations throughout the U.S. They'll pick a different state for the conference. And I got to go with that for the first time this last year in March and it was in Pasadena and it was it was really awesome. So meeting super new to this whole world of appraisal and then meeting hundreds of people that have done it for decades. I was definitely the youngest person, definitely the newest person there. Yeah, it was really exciting though. Um so I would say that kind of getting the confirmation that I'm doing the right thing and just talking with other people that have done it for a really long time and just how we shared very similar loves of learning. And yeah, it's just, it was, it was a great experience and also seeing a beautiful part of the country that I never had before. And the idea of traveling, it's, it's cool to know that I will get to travel different places besides South Dakota and see different parts of the country for conferences like that, but also hopefully for appraisals too. That's a cool thing about appraisers too. You're not, you're not locked into the location you're in. So there's not a certain state license that you have to have where you can only practice in certain states. So if I got a call from someone in Tennessee randomly, if I could make it work, I could go do an appraisal there. So it's just it's just kind of a, a neat way to look at it in a way that you can learn and travel. So you said you were one of the youngest people at this conference. Being a fresh young face in art appraisal, is there anything you hope to see in the future of art appraisal and like the next generation of this particular career or little, you know, section of the art world? I would love to. Uh, I know that there has been people that have expressed interest that I kind of know um, here in South Dakota and just from school. I would I would love to see the millennial generation or just um, some younger people that have art history backgrounds or degrees or just a love of art and they just want to take some online courses and get their certification and become an appraiser too. And I'd actually love to see like, it's a big kind of a stretch goal, but see a chapter here in 
the Midwest. There's one in, in Chicago, but that's a that's a little ways away. So just starting kind of our own chapter um, through, you know, ISA every, everywhere there's different chapters of appraisers that meet and during the year and they um, discuss things, learn from each other and things like that, um, reference each other for different jobs. And I would love to see that. Uh, it doesn't have to be specifically South Dakota, but just in one of these neighboring states and we can all get together and collaborate. I know we definitely have a lot of listeners that are in their undergrad or coming out of undergrad. And I know we have a lot of listeners in the Midwest as well that don't quite know what they're going to do yet. So maybe, listeners, that sounds like an interesting thing to look into. We'll have Emily's information for you so you can also get a hold of her if that is something you'd like to pursue. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the, the art scene in the Midwest. All right, we have returned. I am here with Emily talking about art appraisal. Hope you enjoyed that little message from our sponsors that make the art history babes possible. So we're talking about art appraisal. We're here in lovely South Dakota, USA. <laughs> you know, it's cold and kind of rural, but we're in, we're we're in the city. We're in we're in the big city. <laughs> of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And yeah, Emily has given her time to come here and talk to me about her entrepreneurial endeavors into art appraisal. So Emily, you mentioned some of your favorite parts of this journey so far. What have been some of the challenges you've run into in this process, both expected and unexpected? I would say that a definite challenge was um, not being as as knowledgeable about certain parts of appraisal, actually appraisal in general. So let's just get it all out there. But, you know, I, I heard of art appraisers. There was one um, kind of well-known one here in Sioux Falls for a while. And she had taken different art career roles. So she had to give that up and it kind of got, you know, her blessing. And she said, where to look into for school, where she got educated. That's kind of the path that I started down. But a lot of it was great. The content part, uh, the learning, that was great. But the other parts where it was the assignments, the appraisals I had to write right off the bat. A bachelor's in fine arts doesn't, doesn't tell you how to write an art appraisal. It was very much just on the go learning. It was just um, picking it up and just diving right in. And that, that part was, it was a little scary at first, not knowing really what I was doing. But I feel like sometimes the greatest things can come out of situations like that. You learn a lot because you have to. Um, you have to dig in and you have to just commit to it. So I'd say that was kind of, you know, that was a little hurdle that I had to do. You know, I've done one official appraisal so far since I started. And it was super scary at first just to go out and do that inspection and learn about that specific thing. And I guess there was there was a hurdle where I had to work between an insurance agent and the client themselves, but I, I, I work for the client. So just learning that business relationship role where I'm kind of between two different people sometimes and I have to know the specific rules and I work for the client, but I also have to follow uh, certain legal standards and rules. So that is all very new, very new to me and something that I will take in stride and just take the challenges as they come. 
Kind of along the same lines, do you have any advice for listeners interested in going into appraisal or just starting an arts-related business entrepreneurial endeavor of their own? I would say, what part of art are you truly interested in? And if you're, I mean, if you are truly in love with it, inspired by it, I didn't picture art appraisal or appraisal in general at all until I started working in an art gallery setting. And I noticed the need for it. Uh, We had so many people come in every other day almost or just multiple times a week coming in uh, with their artwork and their grandma's artwork and their deceased relatives, things and stuff like that. And it just was it was constant and it sparked an interest. I knew that I, I would get to learn so much and I would get to help people um, as well because they're they're wanting answers and they're wanting values for their, their treasures or their belongings. So that's kind of what led me to it. I didn't picture that going to school for fine arts would lead me to, to where it is. But I think that we just, you have to keep following callings or little paths. You don't know exactly where you're going to end up, but one little thing can lead to something completely completely out there that you would never have expected, but it's exactly where you need to be. Yeah. And it sounds like just from that story that you told of how you ended up in art appraisal, that it seems like a good match for someone that maybe is really passionate about art or art history, but also wants to connect with people in a more personal way. Like if you're meeting with people and you're assigning value to things that are valuable to them. There obviously has to be a human connection element to it. Is that something that you have found or something that kind of attracts you to this line of work? Definitely. I mean, as as quiet and awkward as I can sound on here, I mean, I truly, I truly love talking with people and getting to know them. And even in the not related at all retail job that I do during the day. I just think there's something about a connection with people. Um, I have a, I don't know, I think it's cool. Some people think it's creepy or strange, but I have a really good way with names and people and remembering exactly what their names are, even if I've only met them once and a little bit something about them that I learned just by our one interaction and things like that. And I use that. So I use that all the time. And most people are very happy and very surprised and they like that I remembered them and they feel valued and they feel cared about even though we don't really know each other very well. I think that's important in a really big general way, just caring about people. But when you get to talk face to face with someone about something that either they they treasure it because it came from from someone special to them and they've inherited it or they want to, you know, they want to sell it or they want to put it on an auction. You know, it's still, it's still good to have a connection with them and be able to learn the history, just give them the answers that they want to, that they want to get from it. Yeah. It sounds like a really fascinating way to be able to connect with people and like fully connect with a piece of art or valuable item, whatever it may be. So as our listeners may know, I'm spending a few months in the Midwest. That's why I'm here. And I get to talk to Emily right now. And part of what I want to do while I'm here is give some love to the, to the arts in South Dakota in the Midwest <laughs> to try and highlight some of the things that are going on here because, um, you know, love, love the coasts, love the 
East Coast and the West Coast, but sometimes the Midwest gets forgotten about and it's a shame because there are cool things happening here as well. As someone who is a South Dakota native who lives and works in Sioux Falls, in the arts community, can you maybe tell us a little bit about either some of the things that are going on in the community with the arts or some of the things you'd like to see or just what you like about the arts in South Dakota? Yeah, there there is, you know, there's more than people would imagine, I guess, uh, for the Midwest and the arts culture. I think that Sioux Falls and even the last five years. So there's always a first Friday of every month event. I think that's really powerful. And it's always really well received, even in the winter months, which some of you may not know, but it can be <laughs> treacherous times here. It can be very cold and a lot of snow, but there's still the true art lovers out there. All the businesses in the downtown Sioux Falls area, they host a probably at least one artist in their business who is creating live usually on their work or they have their show a show up in their business um so it's just a lot of support in sioux falls definitely in the downtown area a lot of local support for the arts downtown dtsf is hopping like i i mean it was pretty cool before i left like i appreciated downtown sioux falls but since i've been back i'm like dang Sioux Falls like it is it's a hip area lots of new breweries um, and lots of cool art like the sculpture walk along downtown is great keep an eye out I think I'm probably gonna do a YouTube video just going through Sioux Falls and catching like the public art and (laughs) the weird David sculpture that we have (laughs) there is a copy of Michelangelo's David in Sioux Falls South Dakota for some reason that I don't understand. <laughs> but there is there's there's great art downtown and even just at the Washington Pavilion like they get cool little exhibits like before I left the Midwest I remember seeing like Andy Warhol, uh Toulouse-Lautrec, like good art historical exhibits. So, you know, it's a smaller community, but it's a constantly growing community. And I think they are actively trying to do local artists justice by showing their work and um, making it available. I haven't been to a first Friday here, though. So I would 100% be down to do that. Do you have any hopes for the future of the arts in Sioux Falls or things that you'd like to see happen? We kind of have a, a summer arts festival but that's kind of i mean it's a a block radius of um vendors and like craft items and and things like that but i I would love to see a larger installments or um a weekend long thing or something where people bring in something from outside of south dakota and just make a large event so a large festival you know bringing in other art culture from around the world or or the country for small town Midwesterners to kind of take in and see something a little bit different. I think local artists here are definitely showing awesome work and people that aren't, you know, really familiar with art are getting great tastes of that as well. But I just, I think that it'd be really moving to see big galleries or companies or production companies or a full on art fair, basically, where we have... Yeah, like gallerists that are bringing in all kinds of artwork. And and I think, yeah, I think Sioux Falls could definitely benefit from that because like there's 
quite a bit of money here. Like there are wealthy people in Sioux Falls that could probably use some art. Like, <laughs> like I think it could be, yeah, something that this community could definitely benefit from. So, so yeah, any of you out there in the uh, development of art fairs and art shows, keep Sioux Falls on your radar. It's not a bad spot. Okay, so before we wrap up, Tell us a little bit about your personal art practice, personal art projects, what your art looks like, what your approach to art is like. I would say that I'm a sculptor. That I mean, when people ask the broad, what do you do? What kind of artist are you? I've done things in all different mediums and in college when you're when you're doing fine arts, you you have to dabble in all the different uh, mediums just to get the the basic knowledge of it. I think sculpture, three dimensional. I mean, all art is hands on, but to me, just using my hands, creating things with my fingers. I don't know, and not specifically a paintbrush. That's just kind of how I've always gravitated towards. Fell in love with uh, ceramics and clay when I was in college, and that's kind of where I lived for as much time as I was allowed until they kind of locked the building at night when I was going to school. So I kind of stayed in clay and ceramics for a long a while and didn't venture out just because I thought that was all I could do. I'm currently right now doing three different mediums for three different purposes, but all sculptural. My day job. Um, during the day at, at a music store, I uh, was asked by my boss to do a mural there. I will be forever grateful. And like true artist fashion and everyone that's worked there or been around there since like the end of 2017, I have been working on it because I've redone it like four times <laughs> because that's just kind of how I am. If it's not how I want it to be, then I, I can't continue. So I would just paint over it. But finally, I realized that I could do a mural that was somewhat sculptural. So I'm doing styrofoam sculpting with with heat. So that's completely new. I'm using a soldering iron to sculpt uh, styrofoam, but it's still a flat, a flat wall, slightly base relief, I guess, would be sort of how you would describe it. So I'm loving that. The response has been what what you would want so people are excited about it they they love watching which kind of makes me nervous but you know people stop people stand and just watch and personally at home i still will be working with clay i always will just love the the feeling of it on my hands i guess and how easy it is to mold it and and sculpt it but i am currently working on my first solo series which is exciting Hopefully here in the next few months, it's a big goal of mine to have my first show all by myself because I've never done that. And it's all about honeybees and advocating for them. And I'm sculpting with beeswax, which is also very new. Um, So a big thing for me is staying true to the theme or the idea of the work. So it's about bees. It's about their importance. So I'm only using stuff that they create. So I'm only using beeswax as the medium and then the actual parts of the wood and the the hive boxes to be the frames and things for actually hanging it. I've had really interesting responses to the pieces so, so far. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be a really small show, only a few pieces, but I just want to make a difference with the art that I make. So I want it to to tell a, a story, sometimes a small story where people don't really think of it, but until they see it in front of them in kind of a, an art show fashion. But so people are, they're aware and they, 
can help save the bees. And then as I go on with other series, um, just they can tell a story and, and uh, make a difference to someone. So Save the bees. I'm into it. Would definitely like to see some of that as it comes to fruition. Where where can our listeners find you if they would like to see your cool Save the Bees artwork or, you know, learn more about your art appraisal journey? So my business, it's kind of a strange name. I've gotten questions about why is your business called that? Why are you, you know, is it not just your name? Things like that. So it's kind of a quirky thing, but my initials used to be ear, like E-A-R, which is kind of what my dad used to call me. That's who I was, you know, who I still am. And so that's why earmark, you know, it's kind of grown, grown on me. And I kind of use my, my initials in there. And then when you earmark something, you save it. It's important. And it just kind of resonated with me. So earmark evaluations, that's the name of my appraisal business. That's simple. Just earmarkevaluations.com. You can find all the stuff um, about appraisal, about my contact information there. Like everybody else, I have an Instagram and a Facebook. I mean, I feel like everyone, my grandma's even like rocking it out. (laughs) At Emily Earmark is Instagram, E-M-I-L-I-E, and then Earmark, E-A-R-M-A-R-K. So at Emily Earmark. Try to post almost every day. I use the the Instagram for both appraisal and art. Haven't made separate pages pages yet, but uh, I don't know that I will. And then Facebook is just earmark. I think it's a dope name in my opinion, <laughs> especially like, I don't know, the idea of, yeah, an earmark means to save something, to like take note of something. I think that uh, aligns very well with the idea of appraisal. So yeah, I think it's a super cool name. Yeah, you should check out her pages. Uh, Her Instagram page is very, I think, inspirational for all of you entrepreneurs out there that are trying to build businesses in the arts, always posting like daily stuff about the process and just day to day and what it's like actually building a business like this, which is so, so valuable and so important because it's really easy to get an idea or have a goal and not realize that it is an everyday thing that you have to, you just have to keep trucking along and you have to, you have to want it and you have to keep moving and stay true to what your goals are. And I have really enjoyed following your Instagram because it's just like you're very transparent about like this is exactly what my life looks like and it's cool and it's like this is what I'm doing. And I think that's just an important thing for anyone trying to create some kind of arts related endeavor because it's really easy to just be like, why isn't everything like, like, why am I not rich yet? So like, yeah, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is your Instagram is a very good example of loving the process. That was a very long winded way of saying that. So definitely check out her Instagram um, if you have any questions about art appraisal, if maybe this episode sparked your interest and you would like to know more, reach out. Before we sign off, do you have any final thoughts for the Art History Babe Nation out there? Only that I'm super thankful. It's going to sound super Midwest, but you know, it's just really cool to be recognized or just kind of found here in the meek and lowly places. So <laughs> no, I just, I just, I'm just really appreciative of the chance to just talk about 
the Midwest and that there's things going on here and that it doesn't really matter where you're located because you can do many jobs. You can do things from wherever you're located. You can get your education and do an art career from wherever you're located. I mean, it doesn't have to be necessarily in, in a huge city. So thank you. Thanks to our history babes. It's awesome. Aw, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to be able to to use the platform that we have to kind of, like you said, shine a light on the Midwest because cool things happen here. I promise. <laughs> thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come hang out with me and drink wine and talk about art appraisal. I very much appreciate it. Thank you all for listening so much. You can find us on all of the social medias. If you would like to support the Art History Babes, head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. Keep us moving and making content. We really appreciate all of our patrons. And uh, you also get monthly bonus episodes if you become a patron. So that's pretty exciting. Check that out for sure. Check out our new merch. Our new merchandise is fire. It's really cool. We've got sweatshirts. We've got some like cozy winter merch. So go to arthistorybabes.com. Um, what else is new? Uh, YouTube. We're hitting the YouTube. We've got lots of new videos. Check that out. You can also leave us iTunes reviews. Those are super helpful. We love getting those. Email us, arthistorybabes at gmail.com. All the stuff. And oh, also, if you are a listener that's also in the Midwest, hit me up if you have ideas for content. I will be in the area for, as I said, a few months. And I plan on doing some traveling around and would like to make content kind of all over the Midwest a bit. So if you have ideas or would like to meet up, please email arthistorybabes at gmail.com. That's all we got. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate all of you. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. The Art History Babe.